Welcome back, everybody. I am so excited to be here with you. Excited to actually record this because I have been honestly just so busy the past two weeks and been thinking about a new episode and what I wanted to talk about. The latest on my life has been one of my best friends got married recently. And then this past week, I just had a lot of busy work taking photos and um, just trying to catch up on work life a little bit. And then I got under the weather. I just started feeling really sick, just really not myself. And so I'm finally being able to sit down and actually record something and not sound like I am dying or I've been smoking for 30 years. So hopefully this sounds much better now and just feeling a lot more energetic. But I'm excited to talk to y'all more. Um, It has been really exciting to get all the sweet encouragement about starting this podcast. And um, I don't know, it was just a, it was a big leap for me to even start one. And so the fact that people that reached out and encouraged me and all those things, it, it really meant the world. And so if you're listening to this and you texted me or messaged me at some point, thank you so much. It really means the absolute world. I'm very humbled and I'm very grateful for this opportunity to be able to do this. And so as I'm beginning to think about what I would love to share on episode two, I was thinking of a lot of ideas, but I was also thinking about the fact that this is a platform for stories and to even fully launch that, I think it would probably best to start off with mine, to get to know a little bit about myself and um, how I even became who I am today. And so let's get right to it. So how I came into the family that I have right now is kind of a long story, but I'm going to try my best to not go on some crazy tangent and make this an hour long thing. So bear with me. But I was born and raised in Honduras, and that's a country in Central America right by Nicaragua. And after I was born, my birth mother, she had left me at the hospital. um, And the woman that was there with her she had told the agency to make sure that I I go to a good home and so after that they could not find her she had gone under a different name and my birth dad completely unknown and so that side of my whole life is pretty much a question mark in terms of who my birth parents are and where I come from I guess but uh, but yeah, so that's kind of the history of, I guess, my original family. And one thing about that I do want to say is that I never was one that held a grudge or the sense of bitterness against my birth parents because for all I know, she could have been really struggling. She could have been really young when she had me. The list could go on and on. But knowing a place like that and trying to raise a child on your own could be so difficult. And it was a blessing in disguise because my life now is incredible. God has blessed me tremendously. And 
I know it's not the case for every adopted child, but for me, it's it's been such a humbling thing to remind myself of that. And so I thank her. I thank her for what she chose to do. And um, it gave me a life and an amazing opportunity. And so I thank her for that at the end of the day. But anyways, um, so I went to an agency where before you go to an orphanage, they take care of you for a while. So I was there for seven months. And then I ended up in the orphanage or the home that my adopted parents opened up. And as my mom now, she would say is, it was love at first sight. She wanted to adopt me right when she met me. And, but they knew that they couldn't just because they knew that uh, for me, that wasn't the case. It wasn't a possibility at that time. And they just, you know, took care of me and loved me. And before they knew it, they were able to start the process of adoption. It opened up. And so those four years of me even being able to become a Vaughn was very difficult. Uh, life in Honduras is difficult as it is and when it comes to adoption it is like trying to do a root canal it is very hard it is complicated and they fought very hard for it and uh one case that we had was this lady had claimed to be my grandmother and that postponed my process for a while and come to find out she was just probably some crazy lady trying to I don't know, find a a kid to own. I don't know. But that was one of the cases. And then the other one, it's a little more complex. But from my recollection, it was someone who in some shape and form was associated to my family. And um, this woman got really upset because one of her family members could not work for my parents. And it wasn't because my parents didn't want to. It's just right at that time, they didn't have the means for it. And so she got really upset and she was sleeping with the head person of the agency. Crazy, right? But um, so she ended up telling them all this stuff, like all these lies about how terrible they were, how evil and how they don't deserve to adopt me and all this crazy stuff. So he went all the way up to the judge and told him all these different things. And the judge called my parents and he was like, look, y'all can't have her pack up her bags. She's going to be able to, she's going to have to leave the home within the week or so. And so everyone was super devastated and everyone prayed and they asked the Lord for a change of heart because there was nothing else that they could do for the situation themselves. And so the Lord heard them very much because the judge called them not too long after and was like, look, I have chosen to believe y'all. I don't know what the whole change of heart is, but I'm going to take y'all's word and allow y'all to adopt her. And those four years finished up and I became a Vaughn. And so that's how I got into this crazy family that I love and um, spent a couple more years there until we decided to move back 
just because my grandparents were getting old and we were getting older and over there we didn't have the amount of freedom because it was really dangerous and so you don't want to be outside of those walls of our home and so they just knew it was just time to come back and when we did it was really difficult because we were so used to having 250 plus kids be with us and have tons of aunts and uncles and it was our own community and coming back really proved difficult because we didn't have that constant noise we didn't have the crazy New York train station type of environment of people all around us and um but we loved it I mean we loved that form of environment it was our people and coming back it was just us you know so our first Christmas it was like oh wow like where's everybody else like no it's just us and so it was it was definitely such an adjustment and for me it was a really big adjustment because I was moving back when I was 12 so I was going into seventh grade and middle school is such a weird awkward time so imagine that and then on top of it coming from a whole different culture it was just a lot at once and for me I do not know why I would walk out my house looking the way that I did when I was in middle school because it was it was pretty bad but besides the point for me it was just a lot of adjustments but somehow our family like we manage well we're now a lot more appreciative of our quiet moments because we didn't have that before and so I think that's probably why moving back I just became a lot more introverted more than more than I I think was as a kid but I think it's just not having someone constantly like interrupt you or ask for you all the time it's I don't know it's like a sweet thing to just have your alone time and so I think that's why I appreciate those moments to myself a lot more as I'm older now Growing up in Honduras for me, it was really sweet. I I loved it. And I I don't know, I think this is slow paced life. It was it was such a wonderful, breezy thing as a kid because you wake up and you know, you go in and you're in an adventure and you do things with all the other kids and um go climb a tree or go do something fun like a typical kid just living their best life in nature like it was for me it was such a time where I had no worries I mean I really didn't like life just seemed like it was just going by so slow and I was really complaining about that I I enjoyed it it's not like how it is now with technology all around you um because back then like if you wanted to google something you had that dial-up version and it's like it's not even worth it at that point to even google something but um but yeah I don't know life over there was very simple and the people there are very intentional and loving and so I I don't know I I loved my childhood um even now people ask me if I would ever go back and I have gone back but it's very different compared to how it was when I was growing up. And life in Honduras is a lot more dangerous now. And so I don't know if I could just risk it for the biscuit. Um, but it will always be my first home. 
And so now, um, when we moved back to the States, I really had to learn a lot about myself. I had to learn a lot about who I was um, on my own. And going into public school, you really have to figure out your identity um, a lot more than, I guess, if you're like homeschooled to some degree. And I had to like find like my my group of people all over again, like who are my friends. And, and I went through different cycles of different people that I hung out with. Um, but it wasn't until I really got into high school that I started to really take my faith seriously, the people that I hung out with a lot more seriously because um, I was starting to mature and I was starting to really grow up and I knew at some point I had to be my own person and not just live under my family's shadow and so around my junior year I felt like I really really just started to grow up a lot um but before we get to junior year so my sophomore year of high school, I really got involved with my local church and just plugged in, found incredible people, and um, just built community. And they had leaders there that would disciple me, people that would encourage me constantly. And it was such a moment for me to really figure out my faith Um because even though I grew up as a missionary's kid, you know, it, I never like on my own was like, hey, I want to follow Christ because I feel it in my heart. Like I recognize my sin, my failures. It was more like, okay, like I, I grew up knowing the Bible stories and I'm doing all these things. Like, so of course, like I'm, I'm saved, but I never fully grasp, I think the level of what Jesus did on the cross and so by that point I was old enough to really like take that in such a deeper way and so I went to a summer camp in Alabama and I'll never forget this it's engraved in my brain forever but it was the third night that we were there and um, I remember the speaker he was talking about making your faith your own and not being ashamed of who God calls you to be. And for me, it was such a surreal moment because I felt the conviction of the Lord over my life. I, I felt him just tugging in such a way where like my, my body and my brain were just not doing the same thing. And I felt the Lord just say like, okay, like I need you to meet me at the altar and me thinking way too much about what other people thought. I was like, no, like that's going to be crazy. Like people are going to watch me. Like it's going to be weird. All this crazy stuff that honestly I should have not even wasted my time with. I was doing it. And before I even knew it, I was like already in the middle of the aisle. Like I, like my body was just doing its own thing. And I just started making my way down the aisle and I'm like shaking. 
crying. I just, I just felt the presence of the Lord so heavy. And I, um, I remember just falling on my knees at the altar and just recognizing the level of brokenness that I was and how desperately I needed Jesus in my life. And there's nothing quite like that feeling of, man, this is who I am without Jesus. And this is a sense of void for a split second. And I knew that I needed to accept Jesus into my life fully. And I understood and I recognized who Jesus was, what he meant in my life. And for me, what he meant was hope. And so I asked the Lord into my life that night and I was like, okay, I know where I will go. Like I, I have that set in stone in my heart. But the thing that I struggled with even after that was, oh man, like, do I like worship, you know, freely in church? Like I was, there was moments where I was really hesitant about being so unashamed of who God was. Even though I accepted him in my heart, outwardly, I was still afraid, so hesitant of what other people thought of how I was doing things. And so that was something that I had to work through until my junior year. And the Lord met me again at another camp that we were at. And it was like three in the morning. And I, I woke up out of a deep sleep and everyone else was like out and I just had a really good conversation with the Lord and the God was just laying it down for me about how if I'm going to follow Jesus I need to be a hundred percent not even a hundred percent two hundred percent into it and I realized like, man, like I am being hesitant about some things like the way that I worship or sharing the gospel with a person like I like what is going on. And so I realized like, oh, I need to get baptized. Like I need to really proclaim this, not to just do it for for show or, or anything like that. But I need to do this as a form of worship to the Lord. And so I remember later that morning, I texted my youth pastor and I was like, hey, like, I want to get baptized as soon as possible. And if it were up to me, I honestly would have gotten baptized at that camp, but it was honestly storming and lightning. So I didn't want to get struck. So the next best option was that following Sunday. And so... I got baptized and the crazy part about it is that that year for our church, the theme was believe. And I still have that. I still have a picture of me and my youth pastor from that day. It actually popped up the other day. But um, but for me, it was such an irony to it because in some sense, it was God's way of saying, you're overcoming your unbeliefs. And because I had questions that I did, I had, I struggled with different things of, from like the verse that says, 
helped me overcome my unbeliefs and there was these questions I had in my head and that was God's way of saying I'm helping you conquer that and so the fact that that was a theme it was just it was just God and God things but uh but yeah so after that I just felt this level of freedom that I had never felt before and I I realized like this is who I am in Jesus this is who God is calling me to be is unashamed, unafraid, and not focus on what everyone else is thinking, but just simply fixating on Jesus. And so that's kind of that's kind of my my story. I think of growing up in Honduras and then transitioning here and figuring out who I was, but who I was in Jesus. And there's so much more, I think, to to my story. But again, I'm condensing everything for y'all. But for me, the biggest takeaway in my life has been the grace of God from the very beginning. Because when I actually sit down and think about my life, I think of, wow, like God pursued this random girl from Honduras, from a dirt poor country, pursued her constantly, blessed her with an incredible family, blessed her with a great community when she moved back here, all so that she could overcome her unbeliefs and realize that she is a daughter of a king, and that's Jesus. And that is just grace written all over it. The pursuit of God is so surreal and it's so beautiful. It it just, I don't know, it just blows my mind every time. But yeah, that's, that's kind of my life. And um, I'm sorry, I'm going like a little bit longer, but uh, than I normally want to. But yeah, so I'm excited for the next stories because I know that at the end of the day, we all have a very common theme and that is the grace of God over our lives. No matter who it is, no matter it's this girl from a third world country or someone who has grown up in a wealthy home or someone who, no matter who it is, like no matter your background, no matter who you are, Jesus pursues every single person with the intention of grace and love being offered. And I'm excited to hear those stories. I'm excited for y'all to be able to hear that as well and to learn and to hear just how the heart of God works because it's everywhere. And so I hope that you guys enjoyed this. Um, I'm excited to finally get back into this and get a normal routine. Um, And I promise y'all, I will not take forever to get an episode out. It's just been a really hectic two weeks, and we all know that. But um, thank y'all so much for tuning in. I read y'all's messages from episode one, and just the sweet encouragement, the comments y'all made were just, uh, it made my whole world, and I'm grateful for this. I'm grateful for the opportunity to be able to to do this every week. And so I love you guys and I hope you have a very blessed day.